Welcome to Negotiating Happiness, the show that helps you find happiness, success, and balance in your work and life. I'm Adriana Fierster, your host for this journey into entrepreneurship and personal growth. We're broadcasting live on 107.7 and 105.3 FM in New Orleans as part of the United Public Radio Network. We explore the latest strategies, insights, and stories from successful entrepreneurs and experts. From managing stress to building a thriving business, we've got you covered. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Adriana Fierstro, and you're listening to Negotiating Happiness. It is January 8th, 2024. Happy New Year. Uh, everybody, grab your coffee, grab your lunch, and come and join us. Um, I have Sam here with me from Motion.io. Hello, Sam. Hey, Adriana. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And let me just say real quick, I think it is so cool that we are broadcasting from New Orleans because absolutely one of my favorite cities in the United States, the food, the music. I've been there, I think, seven times in the past three years. My wife and I actually did our honeymoon there. So holds a special place oh, in my amazing. heart. Amazing. Yeah. So we are on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 and 107.7 FM. And you are right. It is in the beautiful New Orleans. Um, I actually have never been there and I keep saying that I need to go. Uh, for those of you who um, have listened before, I'm all the way in Canada. So Sam, tell everybody where you are. I am out here in a very snowy uh, Denver, Colorado today beautiful there too so beautiful so um you guys can tune in and watch us live or you can tag in on the archives and actually some of our shows are on roku tv as well you just have to search ufo paranormal channel and you'll find us there too so for today i'm super excited again because sam is here um we're going to be talking about everything between travel work parenting and the power of visualization um as entrepreneurs i think that's really important so um who is sam you know sam is the co-founder of motion.io and motion.io is a powerful platform geared towards the client experience for business owners and this sums it up well um, spend less time chasing clients and more time delighting them by automating the collection of files feedback and forms and we'll talk we'll be talking about upcoming features and improvements so if you're interested in the tech if you're interested in how to make your life easier as an entrepreneur that deals with clients stay tuned um, and I have a little intro here about Sam so uh, Sam's passion for helping business owners create scalable systems that allow them to generate more leads, close more deals, and run their businesses without feeling like they're running out of breath is inspired by the impacts he's seen these systems make firsthand. So before co-founding Motion.io in 2022, Sam led the sales, marketing, and customer success teams at Brighter Vision, helping to scale the agency from 250 to nearly 5,000 customers and an even uh, an eventual acquisition in 2020. I can't speak today. I'm a little bit sick, everybody. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sam, take it, take it away. I hear you're sick too. <laughs> so I am feeling much better now, but we were traveling like crazy over the holidays and I had a cold basically like up until New Year's Eve because something that I know that we both have in common, Adrian, is that we're both parents of young kids and it seems like yep. the kid gets sick you get sick 
it's just this never ending kind of spiral throughout the winter. And you hope for the warm weather because that's what makes it go away. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, it's just the reality. Yeah, totally. And there's no way around it. And um, you end up passing it on to your family members as well because you're going to see them. So it's just kind of a disaster. And everybody that I talk to is super sick right now. And they're talking about that 30 day cough. That's a really like serious respiratory thing going around. So everybody's just hacking on every Zoom meeting that I'm on. And it's just a great time to be alive. But nonetheless, 2024 is here. And I don't know about you, but I started out with planning my, um, you know, quarter one, quarter two. I haven't really gotten past that, so I'm still working on it. But you mentioned something to me about the power of visualization. So that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about today and also um, how that affects you as an entrepreneur, you know, working in motion. And does that apply to even your personal life, right? Like what makes you happy? What are you traveling some more? So that's kind of how I see our, our chat going today. What do you think? I love it. I love it. And one thing I wanted to start with too, is that because we are at the start of the year here, 2024 is talking just a little bit about goals. Cause I think that this plays into it and that process of like planning, because I feel like entrepreneurs, so many of us in this time of year, you know, especially these first like one to two weeks of the new year, it, there's so much focus on this planning. And it's really a decision of it, how far out you want to plan. I heard you talking about how you made it through Q1, thought about some things in Q2. And that's often the way that I did it. And I have done it um, up until this point. What I decided I wanted to do for this January is something a little bit different. And I said, let me only plan out basically one month. You know, we have some larger goals and things that we know we want to do, some numbers that we want to hit throughout the year. But I said that I came to this point where I was looking at the way that I'd done it previously, where I do plan out like an entire quarter or two quarters all at once. And what yeah. I saw looking back on the year is that there were smaller things that I knew I wanted to do that got missed because it didn't feel like they should be things that should be included in this larger roadmap for what i'm doing right. at work but right. so i'm i said basically for this quarter i'm gonna plan out like one month at a time at the beginning of the month and be super detailed and specific and saying like hey this is all the stuff that i have time for if we add something to this month i gotta remove something else from it right so that's that kind of goes into capacity planning right and a lot of people like me we just want to do everything and oh, yeah sometimes I don't think like that. I don't think that, Hey, if I want to do this, I have to take something else out and it's detrimental to this whole balance because then you just end up over overworked, you know, burnt out. And by the end of the year, you would have wished you would have um, done a better job planning. So I think that's why it would be awesome to, to kind of dissect and see, you know, because obviously by now you've been in business for a couple of years. I've been in business for a couple of years. I think we've learned a thing or two now <laughs> about how not to, you know, overload our schedule. So how how do you stop yourself from, you know, burning out or how do you how do you even start with realistic goals? I think for me that it 
is so much about planning out everything that you want to do and then finding processes that allow you to force that conversation of like, hey, if we're going to add this, something's got to go. Something else from this list has to go. So right. which one is more important? And right. that's why I really like this, at least for now, this new approach that I'm trying of planning out the, a month in a super detailed, granular way. Because mm -hmm. if you have sort of these big high level initiatives and you're not documenting all of the individual smaller things that go into that, it's so easy to lose track of those things and wind up working until two, three, four in the morning because you've committed to, you know, X, Y, and Z on one hand and then A, B, and C on the other. Right, right. So how do we, um, how do we visualize that? How do we make this possible then? How, what's your process? For me, I started with, um, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I've talked to many entrepreneurs and they've confirmed this works for them too. I literally just go on Canva and I make myself a visual board and I make that my background for the rest of the year. And if things need to change, I will change them. But staring at it every day and reminding myself what the big picture goals are really does help with planning. So what's your, what's your method? So for me, it's much more of a numbers driven thing when it comes to specific goal planning. This is a little bit different than like visualization, but one of the most helpful pieces of advice I've ever received about entrepreneurship is create a model. It's okay. It can be really basic. It can strictly be the number of customers you want at the end of the year. It could be a revenue number. But have this sort of roadmap that covers each month and where you want to be at each month. And from there, you can easily work backwards in a specific month to say, here's how we're going to acquire this many customers in this month. Here's how we are going to start building this new area of our business to launch this new offering by the end right. of the year. But having that high level goal and then working backwards from it i think is something super valuable and for a numbers person like me i like to tie those things to numbers but there's also ways that you can do that visually and i love the idea that you uh have and how you structure kind of your goal planning for the year by um really just a board with the things that you want to accomplish what you want to do i love that right yeah, I mean, we take it month by month too. And one of the mistakes that I make all the time is I look at how much time I have in my scheduler available and I'm like, yeah, that looks about right. But I never put in to limit the amount of appointments. <laughs> so I'm always in meetings and then I'm struggling because I really want to work on the business, but I still have to work in the business to get the client work done or at least, you know, work on systems and how to delegate to to any subcontractors that I work with or how to um, create you have to create these systems in the first place um, because I, I, I you know my background but I started as a VA and I've I've worked with clients who didn't do any of that and then they weren't happy with the work that they were getting back not because of the quality but because that's simply not what they wanted because they didn't have systems in place or no directions there was nothing so it's, it's hard when you're juggling, you know, client development, um, internal team, and then trying to, to add more things to your plate. So it's so important to be organized and it's very, very hard to do that.
lot especially when you talk about numbers some people that are business owners are not numbers people which in that case i highly recommend you get a bookkeeper get an accountant get somebody to help you because that's huge I don't particularly hate numbers, but I maybe don't look at the numbers as often as I should. So that's yet like another leg of how do I organize and stay on top of that too, right? So it, I think this kind of flows really nicely into what you've created. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how, how did you guys come up with the idea of motion? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So I started my career as very different from what I do now. In school, I studied advertising, um, marketing at the University of Colorado Boulder. Uh, and then along the way, I picked up a skill set for graphic design, uh, building WordPress websites, uh, know yeah. some you know decent coding, uh, HTML, CSS, a little bit of Java, a little bit of PHP. Um, and then after school, I applied to a bunch of advertising agencies, didn't get a job at any of them, uh, and then said, well, I have this skill set for building websites. Let me just try that. Let me, you know, build some websites for family and friends on the side. Um, and I had this little kind of uh, freelance design agency I was working on. When I finally decided that, hey, you know, it's time I'm ready to go, like, get a real job. This doesn't feel like it's giving me the experience that I need. Scoured the Internet and found a little company at the time called Brighter Vision, who was building websites for a very specific niche in the mental health industry. So psychiatrists, um, family and marriage counselors, um, and you know, really just kind of ran the gamut of mental health professionals. When I joined that business had two other people aside from the CEO working in it, had about those 250 customers. And yeah. I then had the opportunity to take on different roles within the business. So I started with this client facing work, you know, working really in the business and evolved yeah. over time, and I love the way that you say this, to working on the business. Ended up leading teams for marketing, customer success, sales, um, and kind of being like person number two at that business. After that ended, we, my former boss, Perry, who's now my co-founder, we were talking and looped in another uh, friend who had a similar style of business, um, who's now our third co-founder, Zach. And we were, kind of just for a couple months, like going back and forth, exchanging emails, texts, going out to lunch sometimes and saying, hey, we all know that we want to be, that we want to start another business. And we know we want it to be a software company because we know that there were things that we, that there are tools that could have helped us across yeah. all three of our journeys. What were the big problems that we had? So the first thing that we stumbled on was project management was mm -hmm. so hard and specifically that interaction between there's one way that you manage your projects internally there's another way that you communicate those projects to clients that you communicate yes. the project status what yep. clients need to do for you how they view deliverables and things like that yeah so our first stab or mvp for motion.io which was actually a hybrid project management tool mixed with some elements of a client portal we released mm -hmm. that and we immediately found out that it was really hard to get people to use that. And the mm -hmm. problem was is that everybody has a very specific way of managing projects internally that it's a really big lift for them to overhaul that system. Right. right. So we found that people weren't even using the internal project management parts of that. 
What they were using, however, was the client portal part of that. So what we did in uh, this past February is we basically stripped away all of the project management stuff, and we said, we're going to build the best client onboarding and communication platform for you. You can use whatever tools you want to, whatever, if you're using Asana, Notion, Trello, ClickUp, whatever. We want you to continue using those. But here is this really great interface where clients can complete tasks, submit forms, view files and information all mm -hmm. in one place. And you don't mm -hmm. have to worry about upending any of the stuff you do to manage projects internally. So that's where we are today with Motion.io. Right. It is a client portal software where clients can complete tasks, do all of these things, and it's all automated. So when you create tasks in Motion.io, it automatically follows up with clients. And you're, innate, you're allowed, and with Motion.io, you are able to integrate any of the other tools that you're using and give clients access to them so that they don't have to jump around to all of these links. They just click a button, a magic link auto-authenticates them into their portal, and they can come view information, complete tasks, all of that good stuff. So that's kind of where right. we are today. Right. That's awesome that you say that because as somebody who um, deals directly with that kind of interaction, this is great. So I just wanted to give an example from my side. So for anybody that's listening and is kind of like, whoa, client portals and interface. Basically, if you deal with clients, let's say me, I get instructions, I get some documents and then I have to put some deliverables together for them. They get, they have a portal where they can submit all of those things, comes in on my end, and then I get to use the, whatever project management I want and be able to put in deliverables, send edits back, back and forth through this um, as, as a unified process. And then I can link it right into my website. So the client doesn't get to, to kind of go from screen to screen from project management tool to project management tool they just get to see one smooth basically transaction they go on the website they log into their little portal and everything is there for them anything that they need to approve anything like invoices or you know anything that they need to see or submit is right there and then you can kind of work your magic on on the other side and from what i remember sam correct me if i'm wrong you guys have the option to for them to submit tickets like you would with like an IT company if something's wrong they can submit a task is that still on yeah yeah so that was one of the the things that we added a couple of months ago and you know one of the big things about the way that we're building motion.io that we've built it and continue to update it as we go is listening to the things mm -hmm. that our customers are asking for and one of those things was hey I don't want to pay for an external help desk tool. All of these help right. desk solutions out there, they're super expensive. What they do at the end of the day is pretty basic. It's just a form that clients can submit. And then yeah. it has a way that I can yeah. track that in the back end. So we built our yeah. own help desk solution that you can add to any of your client portals. And that also enables you to track the status of those tickets, assign team members, and provides this space that's all integrated into your motion.io account without needing external software. And that's a big thing that we're prioritizing in 2024 is like, how can we make motion.io more valuable to people and, and so that they need less pieces of other software? 
we're still going to give you right. that ability to integrate with anything you want if you think that there's which a is huge option. which is huge like i want to highlight that i as somebody who has to implement platforms for people all the time for business owners i literally have to take time out of my day before i even send them a proposal to research to see if we're able to integrate with the apps that are absolutely a no uh, there's no discussion they still want to use them and it's my job basically to say yes we can automate this process or we can connect it to make things easier for you to cut down on like double data entry or whatever else so this is huge that motion can integrate i'm assuming it's a two-way api integration right into or is it one way correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> so right now it's I would call it 1.5. Oh, okay. All we right. <laughs> are working on native integrations that will allow basically like if something happens on this piece of software, uh, do this other thing in Motion.io, and that's part of the reason why we have our Zapier integration. But yeah. as we move forward, we are working on ways that you know we can eliminate Zapier from yes. that process. But yes. it's the classic software problem of you know you're juggling three balls at one time. It's a lot. You drop one at some point, or you're never going to learn how to juggle. But I, but I have to say that even that is so much more than some of the other platforms that I've had to work with. Like this is great. This is great that it can even integrate easily with with Zapier. So, um, if you guys are eventually going to be able to replace that, that is huge. And looking from like a small business owner perspective, that's yet a, yet another subscription I can eliminate from my costs every month. So that's why I like this. I like how responsive you guys are with your with your customer feedback, and I like that it's it is like it's similar, but it's different, right? And as you were talking, just going back to the help desk thing, as you were talking, my brain just kind of went to like a hundred miles an hour, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I could use that as a request for a new project for current for current clients, right? Cause it'll be attached to their uh, client portal. So my brain's like, how can I automate that and use it as something else that I need? You know what I mean? So that's so funny that you're, you guys just keep adding and adding to it. I love it. I completely Absolutely possible, love it. by the way, to do that in motion.io right yeah. now. Um, collect a Great. submission from a form, automatically create yeah. a new project from a template. Um, and Amazing. then the other thing I, I wanted to mention too about like the integration piece is that Anything that has a shareable link or iPrim embed code, you can put directly in those client portals. And that was Amazing. something that was really important for us because one of the things that I love so much about what I do in this job is that I literally get to build and help build the software that I wanted. And that's one of the things that I was always amazed, like just wasn't a possibility of like, hey, I want this client portal tool. I want to embed like an external calendar in it. I want to embed tutorial Amazing. videos, things like that. And I just could never do that. And with this, that was one of the things that was a real game changer for us was like, let's let people add anything that they want to their client portals. Let's not tell them what to use. We'll provide yeah. options to do that. But if they have something else they think works better, great. Go ahead, integrate it into motion.io. That's amazing. So think of all the possibilities. Like I work with um, Google Workspace a lot, right? And you can um, you can embed some of those things in there. Yep. And that's great not having to go back and forth to a calendar or a Google Doc or, you know, I a lot of people that start out in business, they start out in Google because they make it available not and it's free. A lot of it is free before you get to purchasing Google Workspace and whatnot. So think of how many people have templates that are in Google Docs and they're just not ready to... to 
switch over to like a CRM template, but then they still have the option to integrate their current work so that they're not completely torn. And then maybe over time they can work on their business and make it a little bit more accessible for themselves. But just having that feature is amazing. Um, and I love how open you guys are about, hey, I know you have your favorite tools. Here's, you can still work with them and, and make this happen. So that's awesome. That's really great to, to hear. And there was another update here that I wanted to mention. Your payment integrations and native billing. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's something that is a piece where we have started to get a lot more requests from. And, you know, like I just mentioned, if you have external payment software, something you use that works well, it can be integrated into motion.io. But something that people keep asking us for is, hey, I want to be able to do my payments in here without having to use something else. Um, so that's something that yeah. we're going to be prioritizing in 2024 and looking for ways to build this directly in. Um, and that's, you know, a part of our overall goal setting, too, is like, you know, we want this to be a tool where people feel like they have at least somewhat of a one stop shop for yeah. all of their client communication and management. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I'm assuming you mean something like having a payment processor there or using something like Square or Stripe or to kind of integrate it in? Because I know you could do it both ways, right? Yeah, yeah. So what and I don't want to speak out of school here. But what <laughs> this is all this is all hypothetical people. It's hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, so what that would probably look like is an is a direct integration with Stripe, but with an interface that you can use that wasn't the Stripe. I don't know if you've ever tried yeah. to use like Stripe native before, but it's yeah, yeah. kind of tough to use if you're not yeah. familiar with it. So something that was much more user friendly that allows you to set up like payment plans, recurring billing, yeah, all of that kind yeah. of stuff and just have it live within your portals. Which also you can white label uh, motion. So this means that you can make it look like your own branding. And again, you get to see all the complex features in the back, but your client just sees one aesthetic, one brand, one, you know, um, kind of flow. They're not going to get confused. And I do work with a lot of people who are really good with tech and a lot of people who are not. So um, it's very helpful to know what their client experience would look like, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's um, that's that's probably one of the things that I that I, I I'm working on right now to have this quiz on my website um, where people take it and they, they kind of get directed to like figure out are you new are you building or are you growing right and within those where do you see yourself and where are you actually according to what I think right and where how could you need my help and the after your your new part and you're building a little bit that's when i think once you have an idea of how you want to run your business and you have a couple of processes or maybe you have an idea but haven't started them that's when i usually say well this is a good time for you to put in the work into a crm you know a platform that's able to help you so i'm, I'm trying to build this quiz where they'll see the kind of you know i'm new then i have a crm and processes then i'm continuously working on my um, um, like client experience and new services and whatever else, and you can continue to update and integrate. And in between that new and the the growing, there's a, like the the building of it. Maybe before a CRM, 
um, you just need help figuring out how these processes work. And with that in mind, that's when you realize that if you don't have a platform, you're going to be doing the work twice. You're going to be trying to figure it out with 10 platforms and then figuring out that, hey, a lot of these like overlap. So this is really great that Motion is one of those that could probably cover five of those platforms, right? So it's it's really key for even in my work to know how these these platforms work um, and it kind of indicates like what stage the business owner is at and if you're even this is a really fun one it's like they've been operating for like 20 years and they're just kind of getting a taste of marketing doesn't work how it used to so you have to get like on more on the digital side more on you know like how do I do it with websites with portals with whatever else um, because they have to be more present and it's kind of I know this is not marketing but this is part of it right you're advertising your services online and the people start clicking on links and the easier you make it for them to get to where you need to the easier it is and I guess with the platform like motion too they can handle the leads coming in right you can have workflows mm -hmm. you're gonna have to take them through before you even go to the client experience but a lot of people don't really think about that they just think that yeah I'm gonna use my website as a calling card almost right like that's the old school like thinking I was like no you need to use it as like an entry point into your system and then kind of work on it from there so it's I could talk about it for hours but I think <laughs> I think it'd be really good to have like a visual thing so um I am super excited that we're doing a, that webinar because um, we can talk about all these things and we can maybe visualize a little bit better. So for anyone listening, uh, before I go into the webinar, which I'm super excited about for Friday, it's January 12th, I believe, right? think so yeah January 12th uh, where for those of you that are just tuning in you're listening to negotiating happiness and you are live on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans and check us out on Roku as well um, our channel is UFO Paranormal you just have to search it um, we were talking about I'm here with Sam from motion.io and we we're talking about this webinar that we have that's upcoming because um, all these entrepreneurs have ideas and processes in mind and it's just really hard to visualize and to talk about these platforms if you're not really tech inclined and that's where people like me and Sam come in to say yes we can do that with your ideas or with your processes so tell us a little bit about the webinar Sam yeah so the webinar that we have this Friday is called client management made easy and what we're gonna be talking about on that webinar is the foundations of a client management process that's gonna allow you to ultimately deliver a better end customer experience. And this was actually plays really nicely into something that you just mentioned, Adriana, because you had kind of said that like, there's these businesses out there in this phase where they're wanting to grow, they're wanting to do more, they understand their processes. And then they look to things like a CRM, maybe a client portal tool. And the reason why, and you'd said basically something to the effect of, that's not really marketing, but it's kind of marketing. And I would actually argue that it is 100% marketing because the way that I look at customer experience in 2024 is the tools that you use to work with clients, 
And the way that they are getting updates, the way that they are viewing things, the way that they are providing information that you need, it creates this digital experience for them. And if you're not in control of that digital experience, and if you are not doing things that are going to allow you to provide the best, most professional experience to your customers, another competitor is. So what this webinar is all yeah. about is like, how can you use tools to provide that customer experience that is going to leave your customers so excited to tell others about you and refer new business to you. And that's where, in my mind, the marketing piece does really start to come in because if you can provide this really amazing process of working with you, your clients are excited to continue working with you after the sale and even happier once they receive that deliverable, that end result, it's gonna do wonders for your business. So yeah, our webinar on I agree. this Friday, uh, on the 12th, uh, we'll be talking all about that. I, I totally agree. And the reason why I just kind of backed off a little bit off like the marketing track is because not everybody sees it that way. Not everybody understands it that way. Um, mm -hmm. I, for anybody that's listening or going in, I did paste the link in the comments and you can register there and it is a free webinar. Um, and if you don't quite understand it, but you're interested or you're interested in running your business or you have been running it, it anybody is welcome um, and you know bring in all of your questions because that's why we're, we're doing this because we want people to understand a little bit more about why these platforms are important in a world where you are bombarded with a million platforms and a million um, you know social media ads and AI this, AI that, we want to make it easier for people to pick out what they need based on their own client needs. So um, Friday, this Friday, we will definitely be talking about that. I'm super excited. And um, it's, it's great, whether you're already in the building scaling stage, or if you're thinking about opening up your own um, it's really, I'm really glad that I also started my journey that way where I pretty early on, I hopped onto a CRM because I thought that it, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to have like an influx of clients. What you have to do is you have to develop your process to make your life easier. So at this mm -hmm. point, the question that I love asking is like, if you go away for a week, is your business going to survive yep. without you? Right. And if the answer is no, that means you don't have enough systems in place to support it. So you're actually working for the business instead of making the business work for you. doesn't matter how small you are. doesn't matter how big you are. Can you walk away from it? Will it still run? Right. Yeah. And and maybe maybe it's not at that stage. And that's OK. This is why you're educating yourself. Right. And I think that actually plays into the topic of our discussion today, which is this power of visualization. Yeah. And that's a great example right there. If you close your eyes, can you envision how your business runs without you? If you can't at the moment, probably time to sit down and say, okay, let's map this out. Let's see who things get delegated to, what things you know can maybe wait until I return, until I step back in. Um, I, I think that that's a really great example of that. Another thing on these lines of power on along these lines of the power of visualization that 
I wanted to touch on was you had mentioned earlier that there are some people who come to you in the building stage and others in the growing stage. I think one thing that's important to note, like just about me and the way that I approach things, is I'm not saying, and it's my opinion, that you don't need all of the tools from day one that you decide to start your business. It's right. okay to do things manually. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. What we say all the time within our team at Motion.io is at the beginning, it's okay to do things that don't scale. It's fine. You know, there is a there probably is a better, a faster way to do this. But if you don't understand the manual inputs and the manual effort, you're never going to be able to build a system that leverages the power of technology to do those so, those same things in the best possible way. So I think that that's another good insight if you are somebody who's in that building stage and you know either you're just getting started or you're trying to build your business up to this next level is yeah. visualize the things that you may be able to automate, the things that you may be able to delegate. Visualize those things right now, maybe make a note of them and then circle back to them when the time is right. That's so funny that you mentioned that. We did a, an exercise on our, um, first of all, I, I'm learning so much from other entrepreneurs and coaches and I'm in this mastermind, so I'm giving everybody their credit. <laughs> but I take little bits and pieces that kind of work with what I think and what I'm doing for clients. So we took that and we put it together in our retreat that just happened in the fall. And we did this exercise called, and I talk about it all the time, like automate, delegate, um, keep and um, delete basically. So not everything that you do will still need to be on your plate because you understand that your plate needs to be reserved for bigger things. This is past that stage. You're completely right. If you want to do things manually, you need to understand where the work comes from and how to put the work in. But when you're in the next stage, right, we do those things of can how much can we automate? And a lot of the times the answer is a lot more than you think. Because mm -hmm. I was in that spot too, because I gave people such custom services that in my head, I was like, there's no way I can automate this and make it into a process that works for me. And I was wrong. <laughs> I was 100% wrong because I was just so focused in on what I was doing that I wasn't really thinking big picture. So that starting off with that exercise for development makes a huge difference. And having somebody else comment on those tasks to be like, actually, I've done it this way and have been able to automate it. And then you see that like your, your list that you're keeping, right? The keep column keeps shrinking and that's what you want to get to that point where you can walk away and it'll still run without you. Like, yeah, there'll be a couple of things, you know, like very operations type, like finances and stuff that maybe you're the only one that has access or whatever, then you can do that. But it's such a great little, you know, uh, game or, or exercise to do to realize that the goal is not to have a whole list of things that to make you feel like, hey, I'm accomplishing this every day. It's like, hey, I'm accomplishing that with my resources and I can do more of my business in the following ways. Right. So that's really good to to do. Um, and I, I love that note that? about hearing what other people have to say mm -hmm. and the ways that they say that you can automate something or delegate something because yeah. there's just so much that you can learn by having a outside perspective. I mean, I have a <laughs> literally an example of this last week. So we do this report for kind of our internal use that says, Hey, here's where people are finding us. Here's how they're signing up for a trial every month. 
Um, and it's helpful for us of like breaking down the effectiveness of our various marketing channels and initiatives. And I had been in our CRM going and looking manually at, you know, the different sources for these, you know, new users and then manually inputting them into the spreadsheet. And I, and this was actually, I think one of the great benefits of being in office, my co-founder looked over my shoulder and he said, Hey, by the way, I have a way that can, that can automate this. Now that you understand like the manual way to do this, here's what I do for this own report that I do each month. And you can just do an export from our CRM, upload it to a Google Drive sheet. It'll autofill all of this information. It takes three minutes. You don't have to do anything manually. And yeah. I was like, I would have never thought about doing that. If that That's way. literally my job. Like you're describing my job. I love it. I basically, I go in there and I dissect things and I literally watch people work and then make notes to be like, we can improve this by doing this, this, by doing, and having that exposure to other businesses, it's not, it's not like we're talking about trade secrets here. We're not, we're talking about operations and how we're doing things. It's so beneficial to have those conversations or to have that exposure to be like, wait a minute, how did you take that and you know got it for a fraction of the cost and you, you got to save like 10 hours a month like that's wild right and that's exactly what my job is to go in there and just like pick things out to be like okay i can do this i can do that i do that a lot actually with day reservations where uh, people book me for the day and then we just go through and find and i leave them with like a map of things that hey this is what you wanted to work on here's what i've noticed my recommendations and how if i if we have time we usually do some of them to say okay let's automate this and that and that's that's what i love about this this environment is we get to um improve things that were already great things that you didn't think that you could do more with right and we don't gatekeep around here i I love saying that and I it is true I talk to a lot of people that do exactly what I do and I I feel all I feel is like this like entrepreneurship like friendship because there's enough to go around you know what I mean and it's really great to see kind of what we learn from each other um, because it ends up benefiting you know your business my business somebody else's business so it's really great to, to have that kind of feedback and in the retreat was really good for that because we were kind of like me and Jen were doing it. She's a business coach. We were just kind of had the, these nerves going on about we're putting all of these strangers together in person after a period of time where nobody was seeing each other. They were only seeing each other on Zoom. How is this going to go? It was amazing. All of these business owners came together. They shared. They, I loved seeing their aha moments where we're sitting around a boardroom table and they're going, oh, I never thought about doing it that way, right? And we talked about everything. We talked about staff, about tech, about like platforms and down to even, you know, how they take their notes or how they, you know, manage their own like project, internal project management. It was great. It was amazing. That sounds awesome. How many people did you have for that? Oh, we, we had a really small one because we weren't sure. So there was, I think, seven or eight of us. And we did two nights at a, a resort in Northern Ontario. So um, the weather was so nice. We got to lounge by the pool. We had bonfires every night. And in between, we had these workshops where we just learned from each other, right? And then all of our meals were, we were at the same table. So we had a couple of drinks, had food. It was great. It was amazing. 
That's what I want to, that's how I want to live. <laughs> that sounds so fun. I mean, that was something that we, cause I had to exchange an email with you actually yeah. about like conferences that you thought were really great for like uh, either OBMs or system strategists, yeah. kind of people yeah. in this space of what we're talking about now. And you're like, there, you know, there aren't really a ton that I know of, if yeah. any, uh, aside from the one that you've done. And so yeah. I actually wrote it up on the whiteboard in our office, 2025, <laughs> host a conference or a retreat for yes, all I the want to. in our industry. I want to come. I will come. <laughs> it, it would be awesome. You know what? I think that OBM idea is still very new. A lot of people are like, what's an online business manager, right? They don't really know. And I mean, I just learned fair, about it when I spoke with you the first time. <laughs> right. And to be fair, it's everybody makes it their own. So not everybody focuses on operations like I do. Sometimes they focus on the specific industry work that mm -hmm. that client is in. I know there are OBMs that do just podcasting, right? They help their their clients with anything to do with podcasting, whereas I'm more operations and how to make everything run smoothly and how to um, free up time so you, that you can work on development. So I'm more like kind of in the background so it's hard for people to to kind of clue in I, there's a ton of business owners who are like i didn't even know that existed and sometimes they still contact me under the um idea of an assistant even though that's not really what it is right but mm -hmm. you are assisting them with certain things because they know what a virtual assistant is now whereas like 10 years ago that wasn't really a thing right and i, th I think too it depends on um location when I I don't know what it is the algorithm on Instagram always takes me to Australia because in Australia there are a ton of VAs there are a ton of OBMs everybody works remotely there um, in the UK a little bit too and there are a lot of assistants uh, that come from um, like Asia East Asia or maybe uh, Central and Eastern Europe so it just depends there are a lot of assistants in the States too but I don't think people quite understand the structure if, if you know what i mean but um yeah there's a lot it's of obm schools i've noticed yeah it's interesting you call it australia because that's a place where we see a lot of people are finding out about us and yep. i think that in some ways the geographical location and characteristics of australia really facilitates that need for yeah. remote-based work right because a lot of people in australia are working with clients in the uk a lot of those businesses are yeah. based in the uk but employing yeah. people in australia so i can see how there's elements of purely just geography that really yeah. facilitate that and i have can all but confirmed it uh anecdotally by seeing like all of the vas all of the online business yeah. managers uh trying out motion from australia yeah there's a huge there was like a huge um i know somebody personally but I know there are other people, too, that did a lot of work um, with other CRMs like Dubsado or HoneyBook or whatever mm -hmm. else. So they're in the same kind of boat where, um, again, Australia, because I think they just um, adapted so quickly. They are basically an island, right? So mm -hmm. they adapted quickly to, to expand their global reach, which is great. I think it's so smart. But I just noticed that's where the algorithm keeps taking me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But I'm so glad that we got to um, that we got to connect because I think it's such a great platform to to use. Um, I also wanted to mention, let's see, 
the your guys are working on team roles and communication preferences. Can you touch a little bit of, um, before we have to go here, a little bit about um, how motion helps with like delegating and team, like the portals, everything that has to do with the internal help. Yeah. So, and this is an, actually another thing on this topic of power of, uh, ugh, sorry, along the lines <laughs> of the power of visualization, because it yeah. also impacts the way that we approach our development cycles at motion.io. So yeah, one of the things that we wrote down for basically this cycle is supporting larger organizations. So a lot of the early customers who were signing up for motion.io and who this project, who the product still works amazing for, by the way, were solopreneurs. So people yeah. who are, who own the business and are also operating and playing a key role in the day-to-day -day processes. But yeah. one of the things that we wanted to do is because we started having larger teams come to us, five, 10 people. Uh, I wouldn't say that we're a good fit for people who have like 150 employees in an organization or something like that. But where we work really great is like that two to 20 realm. And we wrote down like, how can we support these larger teams? One of the first things that we landed on was the team roles and communication preferences. So the way that we're approaching this, and it's kind of like an interesting problem to solve because whenever I've used software, I've always been on the other side of this where like, great, if I want to be a project lead on something, um, I'll probably set different notification preferences for myself if I'm just like passively watching this and might only need to check in on a project if something has gone wrong um, or my sign off is needed in something, I'll set maybe a different set of notification preferences. Mm -hmm. With motion.io, we wanted to be a little bit, the only word I can think of for this is smarter mm -hmm. and think about like the way that people are interacting with projects and how most, most people want to receive those notifications. So right now there's just two roles in motion.io there's your super admin who has access to billing who can adjust the branding um, and then there are team members team members can assign tasks and create projects just like the super admin can but they don't have access to change some of the account level stuff like the branding like the billing what we what we have started to do is we want to go a step beyond that so the first thing that we have that we are just about to deploy is the concept of a project owner where mm. that is the single most important or most involved person on that project and they will get another set of notifications to them they'll be notified instantly whereas somebody who isn't the project owner is going to get a digest at the end of the at the end of the day because something that is something you have to consider with like email notifications is you want them to be helpful, at least in our perspective, yes. you want them to be helpful and you don't want them coming so often that they get overlooked. So how can we build that into the prod, the product? And this is kind of our first step in that direction. We will over time be adding more granular controls, but what we want to stay away from is like just allowing everybody to customize everything at all, all at once. We want to first understand the different roles so it's easier for a new user to immediately jump in and start using motion.io while, simultane while simultaneously allowing 
for that more granular control for what we call power users or people who are using the project a ton and really experienced with it. So basically somebody like me who would assign a specific project to a contractor, subcontractor, staff, whatever, then they would kind of get the most important notifications because they're the ones that are working on it. And it's <clears throat> how to say this, like my inboxes are crazy. The amount of notifications that I get are wild. So I, I always have to, I always have to tone it down. So that's really helpful so that you can if i'm not the project owner and i know somebody else is working on it i don't need all the notifications they do right mm -hmm. i exactly. just get to do i just get to do a check-in or i get to check it out myself on, on there so that's really great to to hear well we're almost done here well, i mean we could talk about this for hours sam we know this so <laughs> we get we can i'm sure we'll get to continue on Friday. So everybody that is listening that's interested in learning about client management, um, check us out on Friday. The link is in the bio. And I completely lost the time. What time is it at, Sam? 11.56. <laughs> well, sorry. And is it Eastern? 11.56 no. Mountain Time. No, sorry. Eastern what time, time is the... No, oh, what, what time, time is the is, webinar oh, at on Friday? Time, <laughs> oh, the time of the webinar yeah. on Friday? That is yeah. going to be at 9 a.m. Mountain Time, which is Mountain 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Eastern Time. Perfect. Thank you. I just lost it here in my notes. So you can tell that both Simon and I are getting over being sick and just speaking today is a challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, um. <clears throat> and I don't know about you, but like for me, the holidays just felt like a mad dash of just like my head spinning in a million different directions this year draining from basically two days before christmas until i mean even still this week i feel like i'm getting caught up yeah yeah draining like completely draining yeah. and i i didn't even really take any time off this year in december um i worked right through except for like christmas day boxing day and the day after and then i think i took new year's eve off but then i i'm also like moving in the process of moving from an, like an old house so it's it just never ends it just never ends honestly so i'm glad that we made this happen though and i'm excited for the webinar on friday and i'm excited to see all the new features of motion and i'm glad that we touched on like the power of visualization and just kind of putting things into motion that way there's a a word play there um but um thank you again so much for coming um and everybody that needs to check out motion go to motion.io i'm pretty sure you can get a uh period for a trial if you guys wanted to check it out and we are on social media if you guys have questions on how to use it or how you'd be able to customize it i'm sure that we can all um answer that for you um yep. and, and i think that's it uh, thanks again. Uh, thank you all for tuning to the show. Thank you for everyone in the chat room and a big thank you to the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network. Um, and stay tuned. Next week we'll have another guest as well. Um, and if you guys have questions and you're listening to the archives, if you find us on social media, we'll be able to answer them for you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and we'll see everybody later. Thanks so much for having me.